The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Ask the clerk if she is present with us for a roll call. Yes, I am, Madam Chair. I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. So today, I'm ready where you are. Today is Wednesday, January 11, 2023. I'd like to call the Internal Operations Standing Committee meeting to order. Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Sure. Council Member Letitia Johnson. Present. Council Member Mary Waters. Present. Council Member Angela Whitfield Calloway. Madam Chair, you have a quorum present. Thank you. Having a quorum present, we are now in session. Is there a motion on the minutes? There's a motion to approve the minutes. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are going to move on to unfinished business. We do have two interviews this morning. Just two, huh? <laughs> yes, we have two. Um, but before we get to those, because the first is at 1015. Mm -hmm. Madam see. Chair. Yes. For um, that particular, is that an additional um, interview? Because I'm only showing one that was listed for 1030. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Yes. Um, we had another one that we were adding on to the agenda. Um, we, we know that you were probably getting ready for the meeting this morning. We attempted to connect, but uh, we're not able to. Uh, but we do have a 1015 interview. Okay, thank and you, Clerk. So note that. Thank you. And if the clerk will note that Member Calloway has joined us. Clerk will so note, Madam Chair. So we are going to go into public comment. Is there anyone present for public comment? Anyone present for public comment? Seeing none, uh, Mr. Grady, if you can share with us if we have anyone who is joining us via Zoom for public comment. Good morning, Madam Chair and the honorable members of the committee. We have five hands raised for public comment. Thank you. We will cut off public comment at 10.05. Uh, if we can set the clock for two minutes, everyone will have two minutes and we can start with the first caller. Who's the first caller? First caller is Cunningham. Okay, good morning, Cunningham, and Happy New Year. You have two minutes. Happy, happy New Year. 313-444-9114. Uh, Again, 313 313- 444-9114. Again, 313-444-9114. Uh, 
and on Facebook, Force Subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, Force Subservience Cunningham. And uh, Madam Chair, it's good to see you. Happy New Year to you. And thanks for all your help. Um, I brought a brother Ronald off the street. Um, he wants to talk about the bus services. And so unscripted, he going to say what he, I don't know what he's going to say, but he's going to talk about the bus services. Um, I try to get people not to talk to little people like me or nobodies, but talk to the powers that be, uh, and, and then that access and how to get to the powers that be. Uh, so I'm glad that he chose to do that. Um, again, it's been updated 313-444-9114. It's a message on there that has been updated. I don't care if you're powerful, not powerful, political, not political, you at home, 313-444-9114. It is anonymous to listen. Drink a lot of fluids, a lot of water, pray in the Holy Spirit or chant, say my name in the atmosphere and my mother, Cheryl Marie Lyons, if you can. And I'm gonna finish off by just speaking in tongues. And Shandara Maku Yara Masi Yara Mashandara Makayara Masonduku Yara Mahiara Mashandara Masayara Masa Ura Mashandara Masandara Makayara Mashandara Masandara Masi Yara Mashandara Makayara Masanda Ura Mashandara Masanduku Yara Masi Yara Mashandara Masandara Makayara Masia Ura Mashandara Masonduku Yara Masandara Masayara Mas. Thank you, Mr. Cunningham, and you certainly are a powerful person, so don't believe that you are not. Um, do we have Ron on the line with you? We can give him two minutes as well, and we appreciate your advocacy and you introducing uh, more residents to uh, City Council and to the City of Detroit. Mr. Grady, do we still have Mr. Cunningham on the line with us? Yes. There you go, Brother Ronald. Hello, my name is Ronald Dorch. I was calling to say that um, the buses could be a little more clean. And um, maybe if, I don't know if we could get some kind of heat sources at the bus stops like the train station does, that would help a lot. And, um, you know, uh, maybe a few more buses on the road. Sometimes at the six or a little bit in the day, the buses tend to slow down, or it's not as few, uh, it's not as many on the road. And I would, um, it would be better if we could get a few more buses um, driving out. And um, maybe if we can get the, uh, maybe maybe some routes extended far as the suburbs, mainly the Woodward bus, if we could get that to go a little further, that would be awesome. Um, maybe more, um, uh, I would say even porta, porta potties around the bus stations or the bus stops. And, um, you know, more closed in bus stops instead of the just standing outside by the, um, by the by the uh poles it's winter time it gets a little cold we could get, use some more seats and um uh places where we could sit and wait for the bus stop um that's about it mainly that i could um see that needs to be changed 
I met him handing out hand warmers uh, to the people at the bus stops. So. Thank you both so much. Um, and we certainly do appreciate your suggestions. Uh, we know it's extremely important for us to hear from the community, especially those who are riding public uh, transportation and uh, knowing what your experience is on a regular daily basis uh, is extremely important. So thank you so much for the suggestions. Yeah. Member oh, Madam Chair, yeah, Madam Chair, just listening to that young man. Thank you, Cunningham, Cunningham, Cunningham for having that young man um, join us for public comment. Just listening to, just, I think we take so many things for granted um, when we, we don't ride the bus and others do. Just listening to basic requests, just wanting a clean bus system, wanting somewhere to sit why are you waiting for the bus? While you're waiting for some a bus, having somewhere to go to the bathroom. And sometimes maybe that's why the, the, the buses smell so horribly, because what happens when they finally get on the bus. So just listening to him just, you know, makes me feel so much more grateful for the things that we have in the city. And hopefully we can accommodate him. And hopefully from D, someone from DDOC can let us know how frequently or regularly the buses are being cleaned. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. The next caller. Our next caller is number ending in 534. Good morning, caller ended in 534. You have two minutes. Uh, yes, hello, may I be heard? Good morning, yes, Happy New Year. Uh, yes, good morning, Happy New Year, and I hope that this year will be one of following the preamble of the Charter and true equity and inclusion in neighborhood planning and concern for the mental health of those who were purposely excluded from some secretive planning I now know the city did with Vanguard Community Development Corporation. Of course, I'm talking about the very controversial neighborhood divisive, uh, tension creating, stress creating North End Landing project, which I call North End Loathing. I was told in 2015 that the city was going to issue an RFP to do a planning study for the North End. And then I waited, waited, waited years only to find out that there was secret planning going on. And at the budget hearing last year, I asked everybody in the room, and the planning director was there, how would you like it if a select number of people unelected signed non-disclosure agreements and planned your block in secret and didn't include you? How would you like that? If you would like that, please raise your hand. And I looked around the room and no one raised their hands. So why should anyone in Detroit be treated this way? And so, and that's not true equity and inclusion. And also, it's very disappointing that the group North End Neighbors, I found out a couple of the members, have been saying false things about the people who opposed North End Landing. And that's a violation of the Ninth Commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor, when they said that the opponents don't want anything good to happen. That's not true. 
we just wanted to be included. Why is that so difficult? And also, I'm very disappointed about the fraud that the land bank committed uh, by telling. Thank you. Uh, just a reminder that public comment is cut off. Uh, the next caller. The next caller is Carol Hughes. Good morning, Carol Hughes. You have two minutes and Happy New Year. Uh, good morning, Honorable Body, and Happy New Year to you as well. May I speak? Yes. Um, I, I, I'm looking at your um, – first of all, you, you accepted the minutes. I don't see the minutes posted. I was looking for the minutes for the last internal – um, meeting and I don't see them posted. So if you if you if you address that, I would I would appreciate it where they can be found. Um, I'm I'm calling about um, your agenda, six point three four and a half million dollars city funding, um, six point eight to six point ten legal identification for police. That seems like uh, you know the same things going on last year going on again this year. Um, the young man who called about the buses, I, in, in, a, in an environment of COVID, to it, it's very disturbing to hear that the buses aren't aren't clean, and that's indicative of how the citizens in Detroit are treated by every department. Although you saw fit to give every department raises all around, um, I, I'm, I'm calling about also 7.17, the eviction crisis, but you allow the police department to have a squatters unit. You, you, you have to rein in the police department who are going about things that are not advantageous for the citizens. We have a housing crisis, an eviction crisis, and he creates a unit to, to remove more people and make them even more homeless. I, I think we need to, to call the police chief down to the table and ask him what is his agenda and why is he evicting people without having um, an ordinance that says that uh, they have to be in compliance? Are they in compliance, these people that he is evicting from these places? I'm also calling about the 7.22, 18 months of no uh, 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 person missing off of the board that's supposed to be uh, the ethics board. Please, please address our issues this year. Thank you. The next caller. Our next caller is D2 victimized Detroit retiree. Good morning, D2 victimized Detroit retiree. You have two minutes and happy new year. Hello? Yes, good morning. You yeah. Yes. Yeah, happy new year. How are you? Great, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, I have a couple things this morning. Um, one thing is, um, it's act. Uh, this is an act, uh, Act Two Seventy Eight um, from nineteen eighty, and it's about contracts, and it's about contractors. We should have a list of contractors that have, uh, within the last three to five years, have been uh, convicted or in court about uh, labor, uh, you know, labor issues, whether they were practicing, uh, you know. Um, 
Um, unfair labor practices, basically, what it's about. So, but the thing is, when you go to try to find the list, everything, you know, it, it sends you in a circle, and eventually it says you got to call the state to get it. That doesn't seem right to me. You guys should have it because you would need that to give, con you know, to give contracts. So I'm wondering, could we get a, do you, do you, have you seen it? And can you get a copy of it for one thing? Okay, so that's 278, and it's about unfair labor. It might help us get some more uh, city residents and some jobs. We could find out, because I bet you DTE's been guilty of that, so they couldn't. we couldn't have a contract with DTE. Number two, let's see, the OMA, Open Meetings Act. There's a lot of things uh, we, we're going to have to brush up on. The Open Meetings Act uh, does not allow does not allow you to give a time you know, because then you make it a closed meeting. So if you say I'm going to only, you can't give a time. You can't say you got to put your hand down in five minutes. I'm going to close it. That would be, that would violate uh, open meetings because you wouldn't give us an opportunity. Also about the electronic devices. When you guys are having your meetings, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be on your cell phone. You shouldn't actually um, use your electronic device. All that's in the open meetings act. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Thank you. I will certainly look into the um, list of contractors uh, unfair that have uh, unfair labor practices. Uh, Member Calloway? Um, um, uh, Madam Chair, that was my request as well, that we get a list of um, contractors who have violated the unfair labor practices. And where do we get that list from? Would that be from Creole? Would it be from the law department? Um, so I'm officially making the request. And, you know, if I can have my staff follow up with a um, request in writing, if you don't mind, uh, Madam Chair, because I was thinking the same thing. Um, I would certainly like to have that list. Thank you. No, thank you, Madam Chair. Member Waters. Thank you. Uh, the next caller. There are no more hands raised for public comment. Okay, thank you so much. Public comment is now closed. We will move into our first interview with, uh, I believe it is Michelle Millay. If we can move her over. Yes, she's been moved over to it. Panelist. Thank you. Hello, I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, there you are. Uh, good morning. If you would please um, introduce yourself, share some information about your background. Sure. My name is Michelle Mealy. I am a CPA. I live in Detroit. I um, have, you know, been uh, I have a background in tax, and um, I've specifically worked in property tax in the past and property tax audit. Um, tax has always been something that interests me, and so um, I, I'm excited to be involved um, with the, the property tax review board, potentially. Excellent, and I understand that you are a representative of District 2. That's um, correct. Excellent. Uh, just wanted to ask you if you are aware of the time consuming um, 
request of the Board of Review. It is uh, a very time-consuming position and just want to be sure that you're able to fulfill the time that is required to be able to provide assistance to residents throughout the city of Detroit with um, appeals and things. Of course, yes. Um, I guess I've communicated um, with the Property Tax Coalition quite a bit about, you know, what the requirements would be and what that looks like. And, you know, I feel like I am able to meet those requirements. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, any questions from my colleagues? Member Calloway. Yes. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. And good morning, Michelle. And um, um, I'm happy that you are on the Zoom call and I'm impressed with your um, background and I'm really excited about you being a certified public accountant so you do understand numbers and taxes and that um, um, gives me a lot of hope uh, it, and I'm excited about all the skills and expertise that you're going to bring to the board and um, looking forward to um, work with, working with you in the future. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Any additional questions or comments? All right. I think your experience and expertise will be a, um, a welcome attribute to the Board of Review. So definitely looking forward to having you join the board. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we uh, finalize the interview? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I'm excited to, you know, take on this this project and hopefully you know make property taxes more fair for all detroiters excellent well thank you so much thanks enjoy the rest of your day you too thank you um mr king i know that we have we still have several board of review appointments or interviews to host shall we just hold off on asking for a memo to be provided until after we've had interviews with everyone? Uh, Madam Chair, uh, Edward King from LPD. Uh, no, I would suggest that you just go forward uh, due to the, the work that the Board of Review has to do. And it's only um, one nominee from each um, district. Thank you. Is there a motion to, I'm sorry, is there a, I don't believe I've seen a resolution relative to Ms. Mills' appointment. So is there a motion to request LPD to prepare a resolution to appoint Ms. Miller to the Board of Review? Motion. Hearing no objection, uh, that action shall be taken. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Chair. Madam Clerk. Yes, point of clarity. So the interview for Michelle Neal was for the Board of Review, and your second interview is for BZA, Board of Zoning Appeals. That is, is correct. That correct? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll make sure you have all of the appropriate documentation as well, Madam Clerk. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, team, let me ask if we see Kimberly not present, and maybe we can just jump right into that interview. Yes, Kimberly Hill not as present. 
I'm promoting her to panelist right now. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Kimberly Hill Knott, when you are present, if you can please introduce yourself. Hi, yes. Thank you so much for having me today. Again, my name is Kimberly Hill Knott. I am a resident of District 2 and uh, obviously a Detroit resident. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us um, and excited to uh, have this opportunity to interview you. Um, can you please just share a little bit of information about your background? Many of us are well aware of uh, the work that you've done in the community, but if you can just please share relative to especially the Board of Zoning Appeals. Yes, well, I uh, would consider myself uh, a community activist. I have uh, uh, just really uh, been involved in various community activities for many years. I am most known for leading the development of the city of Detroit's uh, climate action plan and really uh, working uh, at the city level, uh, the state level, and the, the federal level to uh, fight for protective standards that really improve the quality of life for all Detroiters. But I'm also a proponent of, of equitable um, and sustainable uh, and, and, and fair economic development opportunities. We understand that economic development uh, is very important. And so uh, I, I believe that I bring an interesting perspective uh, to BZA because not only do I uh, appreciate economic development, but also protecting the property rights of the residents. And I believe that it's critically important that you have that uh, that particular interest on the BZA in particular. Thank you so much for that. And um, as a former BZA member, I know that is extremely important community engagement and the voice of the community for any respective project. Uh, so that's extremely appreciated. I also noticed that you have some uh, policy experience that, you know, a lot of times BZA members are appointed to the board and may not be well aware of ordinances that are currently um, in practice in the city of Detroit. And so I think that's extremely important as well. Uh, so can you just share a little bit about your policy background? Sure. Yes, I uh, I actually consider myself a policy uh, a policy geek. So I worked in the United States Congress for several years, and actually, uh, when leading the development of the uh, the Climate Action Plan, I convened a policy uh, committee, the Public Policy Committee, and we were able to effectively uh, pass the greenhouse gas ordinance which requires the city of Detroit to conduct a greenhouse gas inventory uh, every so often and many other things that were included in that, uh, th that particular ordinance. In addition to that, I have also followed other ordinances, uh, community benefit agreements, um, and 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 you know uh, economic uh, development in terms of um, 
I think there has been ordinances around making sure that uh, people of color are able to get access to different contracts and uh, and, and building permits and, and that sort of thing, but really participating uh, in the rebuilding of Detroit. So I do have some advocacy uh, experience and, and certainly believe that uh, being a strong advocate um, is one of the most important skills uh, for improving your community. And so I, I love to hear the voices of residents uh, talk about what's important to them and making sure that we just have a responsive body, both at the regulatory level and at the legislative level that can respond to the, the concerns of many uh, constituents and, and residents of this great city. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. Um, colleagues, any questions or comments? Member Calloway? Yeah. Um, good morning, Kim. Um, good morning, Councilwoman. Absolutely. Um, it is certainly my honor and privilege to um, support your nomination and to bring your name forward this morning. And just listening to your, uh, your knowledge and your experience, it just makes me proud to know that I'm the one who is um, uh, bringing forth this nomination. I'm looking forward to the good work that you're going to do on behalf of all Detroiters and yes. um, listening to their voices and making those tough decisions that I know you're going to make. And I want to thank my colleagues for, um, for allowing me this opportunity and having it structured this way where I could bring someone forward like you. And I'm excited about working with you and I'm excited about getting regular updates as well. So thank yes. you um, and um, Happy New Year. Thank you. I am certainly honored for the nomination. Any additional questions or comments? Well, I certainly do appreciate your background and your experience in uh, moving forward in this position. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did when I was on BZA. <laughs> uh, and so thank you so much for being here. Uh, and thank you, uh, Councilwoman Johnson. I certainly uh, plan to learn from you uh, since you have already uh, been where I am trying to get to. So I look forward to uh, just talking to you about, um, you know, some of the best practices and, and getting uh, uh, just useful information to you so I can be the best, uh, you know, uh, BZA member as possible. Thank you. I'm happy to do that. And I'm sure Director Ribron is going to provide all of the resources and support that you'll need uh, to yes. do a fantastic job. So thank wonderful. you so much. Um, thank you. Have a wonderful day. And uh, we look forward to having you join the board. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You all have a wonderful day as well. Thank Bye. You. Is there a motion to request that? Uh, LPD prepare a resolution to move Kimberly Hill not forward for the District 2 Board of Zoning Appeals member. Uh, motion, Madam Chair. Thank you. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are now going to move on to unfinished business. Line item 6.1. We have several uh, line items that were held during recess. Uh, 6.1 is the contract number 6004216, city funding. The First Amendment to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for the continuation of employee engagement. The contract increase amount is $67,000.
Is there a motion to discuss? Discussion. Thank you. Um, just wanted to ask Member Callaway if she had any additional questions um, as it relates to this particular contract. Member Callaway? Yes, uh, Madam Chair, I do. Is there anyone from Contracts and Procurement um, available? Yes, good morning, Madam Chair and, um, and Committee. We do have Donald Bryant as well as Marcus Holmes online. Thank you, Mr. Washington. Uh, can we move those two individuals over? When you are moved over, if you will please introduce yourself for the record. Uh, good, good morning, uh, uh, Honorable Council. My name is Donald Ryan. I am a manager for the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Good morning. Mr. Washington, did you say Mr. Holmott was the other person? Um, Marcus Holmes. Marcus Holmes. <clears throat> Member Callaway, did you have a question for OCP? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you like to go ahead and ask your question? Okay. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, and good morning. Um, I do have a couple questions. This contract was the contract original um, contract period was from January 1st, 2022 to December 31st, 2022. Why not put this contract out to bid so local Detroit, local businesses can bid on this? Because now with this contract, we're asking that it go all the way through 2024, not allowing for other um, bidders to have an opportunity to bid on this. So that's one. And then this is in Falls Church, Virginia. I'd like to see this type of contract stay locally. We're talking about employee engagement. I was an employee engagement director for a local charter school management company. It's best if you have the person who's engaging employees on site. So I'm wondering, is all this being done by Zoom? Are people coming in from um, Falls Church, um, Virginia. Um, Virginia to do this? And then why are we extending it two years and almost doubling the contract? Um, and that's just a couple of my questions, um, Madam Chair. Uh, well, through the chair, uh, good morning, Honorable Council. When uh, this contract was uh, done on an RFP back in 2018, Guide House, there was only two suppliers that that uh, responded to the bid. Uh, and Guide House was interviewed along with the other company called CPSR Consulting. And they far exceeded. There was an interview. There was a initial evaluation, and then there were interviews. And Guidehouse uh, won that particular bid. Um, they've done an excellent job, according to what we hear from HR. And when we extended this contract, the price extension is the same price they gave us back in 2018. So that's why we're doing this at this time. Madam Chair, um, thank you. Um, I don't. You know, I, I, I'm not in favor of this contract. Um, this is a four-year, well, now you're saying it's 2018. Here it says it's a period from January 20, 
2022 through December 2022. So now we're talking about a four-year contract, possibly longer. I'd like to see this go back out to bid. And then I'd also like to know what have they done to engage employees. I want to know exactly what they've done to motivate employees. And they're, I don't, I don't know how they're doing it. Is everything virtual? How many employees have they touched? What changes or improvements have been made? with the quality of the workplaces for these employees. What do they do? So the chair, I'm gonna to have to defer that to our HR partners, but um, there was a correction letter on that. And I think this amendment is only good through June 2023, June 30th, 2023. So it was an extension, not, not, not for four years. Um, and I'll defer to Marcus Holmes on the rest of Okay, so Madam Chair, um, it, it says through 2024. So if the contract started in 2018 and we're taking it possibly uh, against my objection to 2024, what's the length of that contract? Six years? And, and what are they doing? So, um, you know, M Madam Chair, um, so I Member, Ca Member Callaway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So it looks like Mr. Holmes is on the line as well. I'm not sure if he wants to respond to anything. Thank, thank you, Madam uh, Chairperson. Marcus Holmes, Operations General Manager from Human Resources, and forgive my voice, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, I wanted to go back and agree with Don Bryan. It is from 2018. So this, um, to your question, uh, Member Callaway, this is the third round of surveys. So the scope of the contract is that they provide employee engagement surveys. So they, we are responsible for the engagement of employees, but the surveys tell us, as you will know, having done this work, um, how committed and loyal employees are to the city and what actions we need to take based on the information. Because that information is anonymized, we didn't think it would be prudent to go with another provider because then we'd have to give anonymous information that has been gathered to a third party instead of continuing so that we can really have three good surveys to determine are we seeing trends in our employee engagement and what action should we take to ensure that we retain the employees and continue to keep them committed and loyal to the city of Detroit. So this would allow us to do a third round of surveys. We've done two rounds so far. Each department is doing their own individual action planning based on the findings of those surveys so that they can, again, improve engagement with employees and improve employees' overall experience with the city of Detroit. So that's the work that they've been doing. They help to develop the survey and deploy the survey, and then they gather anonymously the information. It only rolls up to departments that have 15 or more people in the department so that there could be no uh, potential to know any individual's responses so that, of course, employees will have value and faith in the ability of us to keep their um, responses confidential. So this would allow us another round. And to Don Bryan's point, I think there is a co um, correction letter in motion because I think the period really should be ending, if I'm not mistaken, Don, it should be December 31st, 2023. So we're not trying to go to 2024. We just want to do one more survey at the end of this fiscal and do the follow-up um, focus groups that would be required to ensure we've had three complete survey rounds. The surveys that we did with the company that I work for, they were done in-house and, and, and um, confidentiality was maintained. I don't understand why we're paying this amount of money to a company um, 
outside of Michigan and Virginia to conduct surveys for our employees. Before we move on with this contract, Madam Chair, I want to see the surveys themselves. I want to see how the data is used from the surveys and how it's impacting the workplace for our employees. I want to see some reports from, from the company and also from HR. So is, um, Madam Chair, is the, um, the Director of HR available? Ms. Starr? Mr. Washington? Um, Madam Chair, um, Director Starr is not online at this time, um, but I can share those requests with her. Um, Madam Chair, thank you. Um, thank you, Mr. Washington. I'm just not comfortable with um, extending this contract. Um, I want to see if we're getting our money's worth. And I do want a copy of the surveys, the two survey, surveys that have already been um, conducted. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Member Waters. Yeah, I, I just want to, of course, echo what Member Calloway is saying. I also want to know, I mean, we have local uh, community colleges and other universities and so forth around here. I, I don't get why we, uh, we can't use some of them uh, to do um, some of this type of work, uh, whether it's surveying, whether it's training, and, and those kinds of things. I, I, I'm at a loss with this. I don't get it. So, uh, Madam Chair, I, I, I certainly uh, echo uh, the concerns of Memo Calloway as well. Thank you. Thank you. And I'd just like to ask a, a very quick question because uh, it was indicated that the original contract started in 2018. Um, if we can, OCP, if you can speak to the annual fee. So it says the total contract amount is $134,000 and this increase is 67,000. So I'm, I'm a little unclear on the amount, the annual amount that we are paying for this contract. Because if I were to look at it, I would think that since 2018, if we've only paid $67,000 up until this point, I'd like to understand why this contract now that will go through the end of this year, which will be for one year, is $67,000. Uh, Phil, the chair, uh, I want to make two points. Um, it's really like a $67,000 annual fee. And um, and I do want to make a point that Guidehouse has a local office right around the corner from KMAC that they're working out of for this contract. So they are, they're not, although they're based in Virginia, they do have a local office here in Detroit. Thank you for that. But can you clarify... Um how we have been under contract with them since 2018 and up until this point the total amount for the contract was $67,000 so we're talking four years the original contract was for 134,000 and I'll have to defer, defer to uh, HR as to how they've uh, used this contract and how they've based it over the last couple of years so I have to defer to him because I'm not aware of that. Okay. It, it sounds like we may need to get several things amended on here as well because it shows the total contract amount as 134000 which my understanding is that it includes the 67000 for this increase. 
Um, so if we can make sure that we have accurate information, uh, that would be appreciated. Absolutely. Um, through the chair, I would like to ask Mr. Holmes how they've, because this contract's been out there for a while, but apparently they didn't get get moving <laughs> initially. Yeah, if I may, Madam Chair, um, the, the round of surveys are 52,000 per survey. The additional 15,000 that brings it to 67 is for the focus groups. So we didn't originally start with focus groups, but um, I think we do have to um, correct. Maybe there's some language that does need to be corrected because I believe the original amount of the contract was 104,000, which would have been two years at 52. And then we've added an additional year with the um, uh, focus groups, but we can double back to ensure that the correct information is listed. Thank you. Member Calloway. Yes. Um, how many surveys, you said two surveys have been conducted. Thank you, Madam Chair. Two surveys have been conducted and each survey is $52,000. That is correct. How many questions are, in, I'll just wait to get a copy of the survey. Um, and you, you, you quoted another figure. You said $52,000 per survey. So we've only done two surveys in how many years? We've done two surveys, and I believe the first survey was done in 19. So it's not, it's not, it's not annual. Well, I think there was kind of a pause in some of the survey, Madam, if I may, Madam Chair, through you to uh, Member Calloway. During the pandemic, there was a pause um, as it relates to the deployment of the survey. Okay, so we weren't paying them. We would only pay once we do a survey. That's correct. Okay, so what was the second figure through the chair? Think, what was the second figure that you quoted? You said fifty-two thousand dollars per survey. Sur per survey, we've conducted two surveys since twenty eighteen, none during the pandemic. What was the second figure that you quoted? I quoted fifteen through uh, Madam Chair through you to Member Callaway uh, fifteen thousand for the focus group. So after we do the action planning as a result of the findings. We decided to do focus groups um, where departments might have in common some of the um, drivers of engagement that we saw or drivers of disengagement. Okay, so Madam Chair, I would like to know who's participated in the focus group, which departments in the city, and what have been the results? And where um, is Guidehouse located, and when did they locate there? in Detroit, the Detroit location. You said right around the corner? There, yes, yes, and we'll get all that information and submit it to you. Thank to you. the chair. Thank you. Member uh, Callaway or Member Waters, is there a motion to bring line item 6.1 back in one week? to be determined madam chair perhaps because i have quite a few questions and i have to be able to look at the survey look at the data um and talk to some folks who've been in the focus groups want to talk to the employees to see if it's even been helpful okay you know we should hear from the people that are actually thank you madam chair that are actually taking these surveys it could still be anonymous i don't need to see what they've you know their answers to the survey but i'd like to see the questions and i want to know if the focus groups have been helpful and who's been in the focus groups so, Madam Chair, I say, you know, not a week. That's not enough time, in my opinion. I'd like to see maybe to be determined. 
because it's going to take them a while to get my questions answered. So there's a motion on the floor to bring line item 6.1 back <coughs> at a date to be determined. Yes, Madam Chair. So move. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 6.1 shall be brought back at a date to be determined. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Moving on to line item 6.2, contract number 6003874, 100% city funding, amendment number one, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for legal counsel on immigration employee sponsorships for the city of Detroit. Contractor Clark Hill, total contract amount $80,000. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Thank you, Member Calloway. Uh, noticing that you held this contract um, mm -hmm. during recess, just wanted to check in with you to see if you had any additional questions for um, the department. Um, no. Uh, well, I have one question. Um, how many um, immigration employee sponsorships do we have in the city? You know, what are, I mean, are they filling out applications for these sponsorships? What is the role of Clark Hill with this particular um, contract? Mr. Washington, do we have anyone on the line who can answer? Oh, Madam Chair, I would defer that question to the law department. Good morning. Uh, through the chair, um, the uh, Jason Harrison was the one who was going to handle this, but he's ill today. Um, if you could submit the questions, I will be able to get those answered uh, next week for everyone. Thank you. Thank you. So, Madam Chair, um, since I can't get my questions answered today, perhaps, can we bring this back in a week? There's a motion to bring line item 6.2 back in one week. Hearing no objection. That action shall be taken. Line item 6.2 shall be brought back in one week. Moving on to line item 6.3, contract number 6000554, 100% city funding. Amendment number 13 to provide an increase of funds only for legal representation to the city of Detroit in impending litigation involving claims against the city for ongoing cases. Contractor Fink Bresick, PLLC. Contract increase amount $900,000. Total contract amount $4,570,000. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. <clears throat> Member Calloway, um, did you have any additional questions? I do. Is there anyone, Madam Chair, um, from the law department? Good morning again through the chair. Um, I, Excuse me. Can you tell us your name, oh, please? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, thank you. My name's Graham Anderson. I'm uh, new, the new uh, legislative liaison. Thank you, Attorney Anderson. And uh, same thing. Uh, this is uh, Jason uh, Harrison's uh, specialty. He's uh, ill today. Once again, uh, thank you for your patience. But if you could just send, submit the questions, and I'll make sure I get a response to you guys next week. Okay. Madam Chair? Member Calloway? Um, I move to bring this back in a week, and we'll make sure um, you get our questions. Thank you. There's a motion to bring line item 6.3 back in one week. Hearing no objection, 
that action shall be taken. Line item 6.3 shall be brought back in one week. Line item 6.4, contract number 600 100% city funding to provide added functionality for the grievance tracking system with a disciplinary action tracking module to the existing HR system, including migration and implementation, technical support, training, and ongoing maintenance. Contract period uh, is through May 26th. 2024 total contract amount $76,766.67. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Member Calloway? Um, Madam Chair, is there anyone um, from contracts and procurement or from the company that can um, kind of explain to me who's actually using this tracking system for discipline? Which departments? Mr. Washington. Yes, Madam Chair. We have Ashante Booker from OCP, as well as Marcus Holmes and Ursula Holland. Ms. Ashanti Booker, Marcus Holmes. Holmes and Ursula Holland. Ursula Holland. If we yes, can... I've promoted all three to panelists. Thank you. Good morning of you can please introduce yourself for the record. Good morning, this is Ashante Booker through the chair, uh, um, representing OCP. Marcus Holmes, Human Resources. Good morning again. So through the chair to, to answer um, 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 uh, the question proposed, the I can answer one part of it, which is that um, the, uh, actually, you know what? Let, let's let Marcus answer that. I think that's probably more in his wheelhouse. <laughs> I'll defer to him. Yeah. And that was actually Ashanti, if I may defer to the deputy director, Ursula Taylor, um, to respond. Thank you, Marcus. Good morning. Um, through the chair, the quantum applicant tracking system is currently um, being configured. We've completed all of the business requirements for the system. The intent is for the utilization of all departments, um, uh, except for police and fire, and fire. Their business requirements are somewhat different, so that will be in our second phase. Um, but the goal is to not only utilize grievance tracking component, but also disciplinary tracking. And that will give us visibility into disciplinary actions that are occurring that will uh, give us insight to be able to provide additional support for departments as it relates to training, uh, performance management, counseling, and coaching. Thank you, Member Calloway. Uh, Madam Chair, I handled the discipline for the largest school district in the city with Detroit Public Schools um, Community District for almost 12 years. It was done in-house with three lawyers. So I'm wondering, I'd like to see, before we proceed with this contract, I'd like to see how this is working. Because what's the added functionality that we're paying for? 
through the chair if I could through the chair if I can provide some additional clarity regarding the intent of the system. Ms. Taylor? Yes. And so the, the management of disciplinary actions will continue to be maintained um, by the departments along with the human resources department. We want to transition from a manual paper process uh, to a more automated process so that it will give us additional visibility and insight into um, disciplines and uh, the number of grievances so that we could be more strategic in, in our uh, performance management process. Madam Chair, um, I'd like to continue to hold this. I, I, I'm going to make a motion to continue to hold this contract. I'd like to actually come and see how this um, system works, this tracking system works, and which departments are actually taking advantage of this resource. Because if we are not using it, we're wasting money. So, you know, Madam Chair, I move to hold this contract until I can actually go and see how it's working because I handled grievances and discipline for Detroit Public School System for 12 years. We don't have as How many employees do we have? I don't know who can answer this. Maybe through the chair to Mr. Washington. How many employees do we have with the city? Madam Chair, I would have to defer that to HR. Is anybody, Madam Chair, I'd like to know how many employees we have. Not, we not, have just, mm -hmm. through the chair, we have just under 9,000 employees. Uh, there will be approximately 5,000 employees that will be utilizing the system in phase one. Okay, same number of employees, Madam Chair, same similar numbers as of, um, with the Detroit Public School System. I just believe we are investing in all these uh, tracking modules. I want to see results. I want to know how we're using it before we continue a contract. I need for my own satisfaction sitting on this committee, I need to see how it's working. I want to see results. I want to read results, not actually looking at anybody's dis disciplinary record, but I want to see how are we using this. This company is in Waterford, Michigan. And what other cities our size does this company provide these services, this product? So, Madam Chair, I, I move to hold this contract um, date to be determined until I can actually see how this um, system works and who's using it. Thank you, Member Callaway. There's, you. A, there's a motion on the floor to bring line item 6.4 back at a date to be determined. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 6.4 shall be brought back at a date to be determined. If the departments can please make sure you connect with Member Callaway to address her concerns, that would be greatly appreciated. Madam Chair, thank you. For anyone who says that council took a vacation um, during recess, we did not. We worked all the way through, and that's why these contracts were held. So we had a, a, a constituent here yesterday, Ms. Wells, who said that we were on vacation. 
We did not, that was not a vacation. There's a difference between a recess and a vacation. These contracts were coming through every single week on recess, and we did our due diligence. That's why we're here today and having these conversations. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. We're going to move on to line item 6.5, contract number 6004768, 100% city funding to provide IT service management solutions with the current Churwell system, which will support design and configure, will provide support design and configuration services to include tracking IT assets, record, compu record computer and phone related services for various city of Detroit departments. Total contract amount $1.5 million. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to discuss, Madam Chair. Member Calloway. Uh, Madam Chair, you know, my questions are always the same. They're standard. Um, who were the bidders? Um, do we have any local companies that can provide this service? We just left um, Falls Church, Virginia. Then we went over to Waterford, Michigan. And now we're in Chicago, Illinois. No dollars stay in this city. It has to stop. And now I'm in my second term, my second year, and I'm going to be just as vocal, if not even more so. I'm watching these dollars, and I'm sitting here approving this. These dollars have gone to Falls Church, Virginia, by way of Waterford. Now we're going to make our way down 9042 Chicago. We're giving money to all these companies, and we're not giving any of the money to Detroit-based businesses. So, um, Madam Chair, is there anyone who's available Madam to Chair, answer my questions? Mr. Washington. Madam Chair, yes. We have Mike Homont as well as David Mott. Mr. Homont and David Mott. Yes, I'm promoting both to panelists. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Homad. If you can please introduce yourself for the record. Good morning, Mike Homad, Do It Leadership Team. Happy New Year to. Good morning members. and Happy New Year. Your volume is a little low. <clears throat> okay, I'll speak up. I'm sorry. So, That's is that good. any better? It is. Thank you, Thank Mr. You. Mott, if, you if you'd like to introduce yourself for the record. Uh, yes. Good morning. My name is David Mott from Office of Contracting and Procurement. Good morning. Through the chair, if you could also move over Nicholas Clark. Nicholas Clark. Team, if we yes, can move moving, over. Yes, moving Nicholas Clark over to panelists. Thank you. Yes, this is Nicholas Clark. I'm uh, with Client Services Division, Department of Innovation and Technology. Good morning. I'm not sure if you heard the question, but I'm assuming Mr. Homont would like for you to respond. Through the chair, I, I will um, begin the, the response on this one. Thank you. Um, the, the contract is awarded as a result of an RFP we had opened through April and May of last year. There were 36 companies that viewed the solicitation. We only received two bids. The two bids were from um, Avante out of Chicago and TSA, I'm sorry, TS4 
um, which is um, located, I believe, in Texas. That they're even further away than Chicago. They are authorized resellers and service providers for the ShareWell solution. ShareWell has a list of approximately eight providers nationally that can support and help um, resell their software. There are no Detroit-based companies in that. We proactively reached out to ShareWell and asked them what the process is so we can help and work through um, adding a Detroit-based reseller for th these type of contracts and services. They recently went through a corporate merger and are not adding any resellers at this time. But they, as the, the dust settles from that, we, we will continue to follow up with them and work um, with them to get Detroit-based resellers. Um, so, so there is no Detroit-based company at this time, and we'd, we, we'd love to build that out. And we'll, we'll do whatever's necessary to, to work towards that. Madam Chair, Member Calloway. What does this company do? Are we tracking our computers? We're tracking our phones? Are they putting chips? What are they doing? That, uh, what are they doing? I'm trying to understand this is the contract. Awesome. Through the chair, this is um, support for our service desk tool, um, ShareWell. We, we receive over 50, approximately 50,000 tickets a year through the ShareWell system. It's used to track every service request um, the web team gets, uh, cybersecurity team, the service desk, our tax department is now using it um, for property-related citizen requests. Payroll department uses it for payroll um, issues and payroll requests. Accounts payables using it to track questions on accounts payable. Public safety is looking at expanding the scope to um, track patrol cars and assets assigned to each car, similar to what the Toronto Police Department's using. Um, so we're, we're rolling it out. It was originally just a, basically a help desk tracking software when it was implemented in 2018. It's a very robust platform. Um, so we're this is broken into two components, licensing that we're paying ShareWell um, through the reseller, and then services to build out functionality in these other departments and other areas as, as we roll it out. Um, Mr. Clark, is there anything you'd like to add to what I... I think that you um, pretty much uh, covered everything on that, uh, Mike. Uh, we do have a lot of other departments. We have a phase two that we're getting ready to roll out for the Treasury Department. Uh, this is going to be interfacing with the citizens of the city of Detroit, and they're going to be able to submit any type of uh, request or issues about property tax. So that's uh, one of the other uses that uh, we're currently looking at doing. Madam Chair. Member Calloway? Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, someone mentioned resale. Resale of what? Is it our laptops? What are we reselling? Through the chair, just to clarify, yeah. we, are, we are not reselling anything. We are purchasing ShareWell is the make manufacturer of the software we use. They do not sell direct to anybody. They sell through authorized resellers. So we're buying the software, the annual licensing for the, excuse me, frog in my throat. Um, we're buying the annual license for the software or proposing buying it through Avante. They're the reseller of the ShareWell software. And then they also have a professional services component. 
Madam Chair, I have a uh, couple more questions. How long has this contract been in force? This is a new contract. Um, we implemented the ShareWell software um, back in 2018. That contract is expiring. We proactively put this out for bid um, last spring. This was ready um, for council just before recess. Doing some research and prep for the committee, we realized that their tax clearance was going to expire within a week of it going through a committee. So we pulled it back, went and worked with the vendor to make sure all the clearances and everything were in order and fully ready before we, we submitted it in recess. Thank you, Madam Chair. Madam thank Chair. you, Member Waters. Um, thank you and good morning. Um, so you're saying that there aren't any Detroit companies or, and, or Michigan companies um, who can actually provide this or are you saying they just didn't bid? Which one is it? Through the chair, there are no authorized resellers of the ShareWell software or authorized ShareWell service providers located in the state of Michigan. Chicago is physically the closest one. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, and I know we've had this conversation numerous times as it relates to um, identifying or helping to support Detroit-based uh, IT businesses to be able to bring into the fold. Um, and so I hope you all are working very closely with uh, the JET team. I know, you know they're doing a lot in, in trying to train Detroiters on IT um, so that we can, you know, turn the tide so that we have individuals in the city uh, that we can help train, prepare, and then become entrepreneurs and start their own business to be able to take on these contracts. I know that's something that we've all talked about and we've been working with the Office of Contracting and Procurement to make sure that we're providing that support to entrepreneurs and small businesses in Detroit. Um, so if we can just continue that work and continue to build upon it, I think it would be extremely beneficial for Detroit residents as well as the city of Detroit. Um, as the DEGC likes to say that we continue to uh, make sure that we are spending our dollars in Detroit multiple times before our dollars exit the city. Um, Madam Chair. Mr. Mott, I see that you have your hand up. Okay, I see you took uh, it down. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Good morning again. And through the chair, um, to add to your point, um, I want to mention that OCP had a major outreach last month in the KMAC building, educating Detroiters on how to um, register in the supplier portal for everything that we purchase. And we're looking at doing this on a monthly basis. We may focus one month on IT products, one month on demolition, or so forth moving forward, just to let you know that we are looking to get Detroit-based businesses so we can use uh, funds in the city for Detroiters. Thank you. Member Waters. Th thank you, Madam Chair. You, you know, I, I certainly hope this is just not talk when it comes to the kinds of progress that we need to make in this city in order to get uh, Detroiters ready to bid on such contracts. Um, I know that we, all three of us, uh, work as closely as possible with procurement 
so that we can um, help people to become registered in Oracle and so forth and so on, um, trying to teach them how to do business with the city. And we take that very serious. That, that is very, very serious for us. It, it means a lot that we're able to lift up as many Detroiters as possible. As we sit here day after day and approve millions and millions and millions of dollars that go elsewhere. So I, I need you all to please keep those kinds of things in mind um, as you um, put things out for bid. And, 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 and I wish you would um, let us know in advance what you're doing. Um, what's, what, what are you going to be putting out for bid? You don't have to answer any questions. I, we just want to know because we might know somebody who can be it. Sometimes people miss those emails that come from you. And I think that we should use everything that's available uh, to us, including council members, and ask us to put the information out there saying, listen, we're going to have X number of contracts in this area. They're going to go out for bid. Tell us so we can help get the information out. And so having said that, um, Madam Chair, I also like to ask Tell me a little bit more about the property tax piece. You know, I'm interested in that, obviously, because, uh, I mean, it's just a, such a big deal here. Tell me, tell me what happens with that, with this system. What do you do? Through the chair, I'll defer to Mr. Clark on the property tax piece because he's been working directly with the tax, market, tax department. Then I'll come back to your other questions after Mr. Clark. Uh, through the chair, <clears throat> what we're currently doing, uh, property tax has a call center set up. So uh, calls are coming into that call center and they're creating tickets. Uh, and those tickets are being routed out to uh, other entities oh. to answer any type of property tax uh, questions and, and, and handling any type of issues uh, that they might come across. So with this second phase, what we're looking at doing is to uh, have a web interface where the citizens of the city of Detroit can open tickets directly uh, with property tax. And then those uh, tickets will be routed over to the call center and they'll be uh, resolving any type of issues that the citizens of the city of Detroit uh, have. So that's how we're currently using it for property tax. Uh, and one of the other things that we're doing with this contract we do have a mentorship um, element uh, in, in the contract where we're trying to get employees of Do It uh, up to speed as far as how to configure ShareWell and get them certified as administrators and developers uh, of this system so we won't have to be so dependent on uh, outside resources. Well, now, I like that. How soon can that happen? We're currently doing that uh, today. Mm -hmm. We have uh, one city of Detroit employee who has been certified as a developer, and we're trying to get a couple of more people up to speed. So, uh, like I said, we won't be so uh, dependent on outside resources. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. I think that's the best thing I've heard all morning. Um, us becoming um, less dependent on outsource, outsourcing our, um, our work and our services. We need to become more dependent upon ourselves and each other 
a lot of this work, I do believe, can be brought in-house if we just had the will to do it. It's easier to um, resource it out or source it out than for us to do it ourselves. It makes our job easier if we just assign it to someone else to do and put the responsibility on them. And then we, there's a cost. There's, there's a cost for that. And it's costing the city a lot of money to outsource this work that I do believe we are capable of doing ourselves. You know, we have problems now with trash being picked up. We used to pick up our trash. We used to handle our own lighting system. Well, everybody said the lights were out. We're, some of them are still out. We've outsourced that. We've all outsourced so much of our city. So I like that, that you want our employees to be independent of or less dependent on work or services outside of the city and outside of the, um, outside of the department. So that's a breath uh, of fresh air for me. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Is there a motion on line item 6.5? Motion to approve, Madam Chair. There's a motion to approve line item 6.5. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 6.5 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Thank you all so much, and I'm sure we will continue to have this conversation, but we certainly want to just express our interest in supporting your efforts to bring more um, Detroit contractors um, into the city and, and working with the city. So any way that we can provide support, please let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to line item 6.6, .6, contract number 6001798, 100% city funding, amendment five to provide an increase of funds and amend scope for trial litigation services as conflict counsel for Sergeant Raytheon Martin in connection with Gregory Price Jr. versus City of Detroit et al. 20-10336. Contract increase amount $150,000. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Thank you. Uh, Member Calloway? Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair. I held this contract, but I'm comfortable with moving forward with it, and I'll, I'll release my hold on it. I don't have any questions. Thank you. Any questions, comments? Is there a motion to approve line item 6.6? .6? Motion. There's a motion to approve line item 6.6. .6. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 6.6 .6 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Moving on to line item 6.7. Submitting resolution authorization for a settlement in lawsuit of Darius Grimes versus City of Detroit and Benjamin James Smith, case number 21-004912-NI in the amount of $58,000. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve, Madam Chair. There's a motion to approve line item 6.7. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 6.7 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Moving on to line item 
Uh, without objection, I'd like to combine line item 6.8 through 6.10. These are various requests for legal representation and indemnification in a lawsuit regarding various officers um, in the case of Tyreek Reddick versus various officers. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion to discuss, Madam Chair. Thank you. Um, just want to be clear, I believe these are all of the closed sessions that we held last year? Yep. We held the um, closed session on October the 26th. Thank you. Uh, and so just wanted to make sure that colleagues were aware of that. Is there a motion on line item 6.8 through 6.10? Um, Madam Chair, um, I move to um, forward this to formal session with the recommendation to deny legal representation and indemnification to the officer because he was not acting in good faith, performance of duties at the time of the incident, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Callaway. And that motion is for line item 6.8 through 6.10? Um, yes, Madam Chair. Thank you. There's a motion to send line item 6.8 through 6.10 to formal with the recommendation to deny. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 6.8 through 6.10 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to deny. Moving on to new business. Madam Chair. Yes, Madam Clerk. For um, under new business, the first item line, item 7.1, the clerk office has received um, a corrected resolution for that particular contract. Just so you know, I'm quite sure it went on to the members, but we just received it. Just want to put that on record. Thank you. Thank you. Line item 7.1, I just want to make sure I received the information. Uh, so line item 7.1 is contract number 600-3001, 100% city funding, amendment number one, to provide an increase of funds only for additional custom procurement features for the Oracle Cloud system. Contract increase amount $228,200. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to discuss, Madam Chair. Discussion, Member Callaway? The clerk just referred to a document that I'm not aware of. I haven't had an opportunity to review it. Um, this is a uh, total contract amount, $3 million, with an increase of over a quarter of a million dollars. So I'd like to read something. Mr. Washington. Can you confirm that the information that the clerk mentioned was provided to this body? Um, Madam Chairman, I would defer to Director Stahl. I'm not sure I've received that yet. Thank you. Are we, sorry, are we referring to a correction letter? There was a, there was an error on the date of the um, end date 
of this contract. It was incorrectly submitted as August 31, 2023. It's actually July 30, uh, June 30, 2023, and it was submitted. Thank you. Ms. Sabatini. Uh, good morning and happy new year to this honorable board, Lorianne Sabatini, LPD. That's the only difference that I, I too can confer and it's in the TETA report. Thank you. I, through the chair, I'd also, um, I've been listening to the conversation um, at this uh, uh, meeting today and um, uh, we know that we have a long way to go in um, having more of our IT contracting with local vendors. Um, as uh, David Mott from my staff and Mike Homont from Do It mentioned, and, and Mike Homont have, has been a great um, proponent of doing more and more and more outreach on IT. Um, I am working really hard to build up my um, capacity in my shop to do better analysis uh, and, and procurement planning and looking ahead to the needs that the city needs on what kind of cadence and what kind of volume in which specific areas um, industries of all commodities and matching that up with uh, where we have capacity locally so that we can take advantage of the low-hanging fruit opportunities where we have vendors who can already do the work and then also work with um, partners out in the community to um, uh, to signal these are the opportunities where we would love to develop more local capacity. Um, that does uh, require analysis and research and work. I'm working hard to try to build that capacity in my shop to um, to do that. Um, at the same time, um, uh, my deputy Tony and her outreach team is working really hard on um, lots of events. Uh, they mentioned the event that we just had, Meet the Buyer, um, that had such great feedback and turnout that we're going to do that on a monthly basis, um, rotating commodities. And we will share that information with you um, and, uh, you know, we're working on all different ways to make sure that the word gets out better. We have social media, but, you know, if, if that is not getting through, you know, working, uh, seeking ways to put out our bid information through, um, <clears throat> through local, uh, newsletters and, and things like that. This contract here, um, is to help with modifications to Oracle. Um, there are a lot of things that we are working on to improve Oracle on the um, uh, on the department user end, um, as well as on the vendor user end. Um, this company has had a contract with us. They do a lot of the um, coding and engineering work that help us um, be able to use Oracle more effectively, um, use modules that we hadn't used before. Uh, this project is to build out a new feature that doesn't exist yet so that um, departments uh, can make their procurement requests more efficiently and effectively and be able to, to see the status of projects. Um, as you can see, the contract ends uh, June 30th. Um, I don't have Nadim, our ERP manager here, but I believe he is working on building capacity within his own shop to be able to take on more of that type of work. Thank you. Member Callaway? I just want to make sure I'm, I'm understanding this contract. This is a $3 million contract ending in June. What was the $3 million for? Was um, it for, for the software, the use of it, $3 million? 
Hell, we could we can hire a company to develop the software. We could go to Lawrence Tech. I don't even mind going to Southfield. But three million dollars, mm -hmm. and now we're still having to 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 add two hundred and twenty eight hundred thousand dollars to add a feature to it to modify it. So if this, the... if this was anybody's money in this room, we wouldn't spend it like this. These companies know that the city of Detroit is a cash cow. They're building their businesses off the backs of Detroiters getting this type of a contract. Now we're in Lyle, Michigan. We left Falls, Virginia, Falls Church, Virginia. Then we went to Chicago, Waterford. Now we're in a city I've never even heard of, Lyle, Illinois. They probably have one desk and one chair in this office in Lyle, Illinois. $3 million contract. I just don't understand it, Madam Chair. I don't understand it. And I'm hoping the citizens of the city of Detroit can hear me and hear Member Waters and hear Member Johnson. If this was our money, which it is, but it was in our bank account, we wouldn't spend it like this. And these small companies are building their companies off of this city. None of this money stays in this city. None of it. And it's my taxpayer dollars. It's your, if you live in the city, it's your taxpayer dollars. And I'm not, you know, I just don't understand why we continue to say the same thing. I've been here a year now, and my questions are probably going to get tougher and tougher. So you, I, I'm just not pleased with this at all. It's a year later. Happy New Year. But this cannot continue. I will not sit by another year and continue to vote on these contracts leaving this city. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Now we're in Lyle, Illinois. Somebody tell me where that is. And I bet you it has one desk and one chair in that office. And they're building their company off of this city and our resources. And the majority of the taxpayers in this city are African-American, African-American women. So you're using my taxpayer dollars, and they continue to go outside of this city. Thank you, Madam Chair. That's my commentary. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Director Stahl? Uh. To the chair, this is a contract that predated me. We're trying to finish it up and build um, build a feature that is necessary to help us um, do procurement more efficiently and effectively. And my um, goal is that that would also help more, uh, create more opportunities in the city of Detroit. Uh, thank you. So I want to encourage you as you all talk about hosting um, the events to bring more contractors in to do work with the city to make sure that we are moving those events around throughout the city and not always hosting them downtown as well because I think you um, then have the ability to attract and maybe bring in some different uh, companies or entrepreneurs from various parts of the city. Member Waters. Um, thank you. Uh, I just kind of want to kind of pick it back on something that McCalloway said. Um, for clarification, what happens after June 30th, 2023? Uh, you know, with this whole cloud, you know, because the, the contract ends. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that you're going to be all set? You have everything that you need? Or does that mean you're going to put this out for rebid? I'm, I'm just trying to understand what happens after June 30th, 2023. Right. So um, because it will take a that that is a great question, because it will take some um, time to fully build up the capacity in the ERP uh, department um, that manages Oracle from a technological standpoint, 
um, I expect that we will be rebidding and we will make sure because um, uh, so we will make sure to signal loud and early. Uh, this is for support tech support with Oracle. Um, and uh, and um, we'll, we will really seek local companies to come bid on this opportunity. I, I hope so. And when you're ready to put it out to for rebid, uh, could you please let us know that it's, it's happening? Through the chair, absolutely. Thank you. It is a lot of money, Madam Chair. <laughs> okay. Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Waters. Member Calloway? Yeah, I still didn't understand what the modifications were for $228,000. <clears> Through the chair, we are building a feature in Oracle so that we can keep all of the information in the system of record as opposed to kind of um, using Smartsheet as an interim solution for procurement requests from the departments. That way, sorry. What happened to I, I thought there was a comment coming. Um, that way departments can have better access to view and track the uh, procurement requests as they move through the stages of the requisition. Um, we will reduce the duplication of efforts between the departments and the Department of Financial Services. Um, we will hopefully have uh, uh, improve our controls and um, and be able to uh, use our time more effectively and efficiently. My goal is to make our process generally in procurement more and more effective and efficient, and especially in planning ahead so that we can have longer out to bid times, provide better opportunities for vendors, um, ensure that our scopes are well written and um, clear. It, it's it's part of a larger strategy in OCP to make the process work better for everybody. Um, and and as and because I believe that that is the only way that we can truly create the opportunities um, in in volume for local vendors and minority vendors. Thank you. Member Waters. All right. All right. So speaking of the process, I'm glad that we have you here, Director Stahl. Um, oftentimes people bid and they never hear one single word. You know, um, they don't even know what happened with the bid. They don't know why they didn't receive the bid. They didn't they don't know if anybody else did, uh, when the bid. Um is this system going to help you better uh, track those kinds of things and, and, and so that we can be just a little bit more respectful of folks who took the time to submit a bid? Um, <clears throat> yes, ma'am. This, this company has been working with us very closely in a number of different areas to help us use Oracle more effectively, um, to be more responsive and um, consistent in our communications with suppliers. Um, and I completely agree with you generally. My uh, 
my direction and expectation in OCP is that we be very responsive to our suppliers, potential suppliers. Um, and the way that we use Oracle and use it to its fullest is a big part of that. Okay, um, Madam Chair, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be looking for some new, really great changes when it comes to this whole process and Oracle and so forth. Perhaps we can make it a little bit more user-friendly. Um, our goal, I know for these three members, our goal is to get as many Detroiters submitting bids as possible and, and, and making sure that we offer the training so that people really know how to bid too. Some yes. people just don't know how to do it. Yes. And, and, and I, I think that, that those are the kinds of things that we're going to have to do working uh, with procurement, of course. Because you know, yes. I don't know how to be it either. But <laughs> <laughs> through the chair, I, I, I completely you guys too. <laughs> yes, through the chair, I completely agree. I very strongly um, share that goal. We are doing both virtual and um, in person uh, how to bid, get bid ready trainings. Um, we just had one Tuesday. We have another one Friday. I'm in, I'm encouraging. Um, I'll see how we can do blasts about it because I'm encouraging also that we um, develop just uh, support capacity in the community um, from business development organizations to be able to support uh, uh, potential suppliers and being able to bid as well. Sometimes these companies don't have the administrative capacity, but I'm hopeful that the business support organizations out there can develop that um, ability to provide technical assistance. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. Um, yes, thank you, Madam Chair. So you said you had some type of event last week. Where was the event held? Sorry, um, on Tuesday, we had uh, a virtual training for um, a particular uh, NOFA opportunity that's out right now for case management services, and it was open to the public, and we also um, sent it out. Um, and then I believe there is another training on Friday that I will make sure gets sent out and, and we're planning uh, to do this regularly. And I will make sure that, that uh, these notices get sent to your office as well, all of your offices. Madam Chair, I have a question. So it was um, via Zoom? Via Teams. Teams, okay. How many participants? Um, I would need to get that information from the staff that were part of it and, and, and send it to you. Yeah, um, thank you. And Madam Chair, I see a pattern here, and I've been noticing this pattern since last year with these contract amendments. So what happens is we purchase the initial software, and then because we don't purchase the entire software package, they're coming back asking for money, more money, <clears throat> to get these modifications, and then HR says for additional functionality. So why are we not buying the entire software package so they don't have to continue to come back and ask for more money. Why don't we, on the front end, know what we want and then see if that software package is suitable? Why are we, it's throughout these contracts. Uh, yes, ma'am. It's just, it's just different verbiage, but one says additional functionality. That's $76,000, that's, that's for HR. If we knew what we wanted on the front end, our expectation, then perhaps we wouldn't have all these amendments. And then we have another one here. Um, 
I think the, tra the tracking, well, added functionality. That's line item 6.4, contract 644489. That's $76,000. Then we have another one, um, 600, um, contract 644768. Yes, ma'am, through the and, chair. And, and, and one more, and one more. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. So why don't, I go back to my initial question. We should know what we want from software so it's capable of providing us with what we need instead of us having to go back and buy additional <laughs> functions, upgrading Oracle, costing us millions. We're not being smart. We gotta be smarter in terms of how we're investing the people's money. Because right now we're wasting the people's money having to go back and buy additional upgrade to software because we didn't tell the folks who we're getting the software from what we need. We're finding out what we need after the fact and they're charging us more. All so, these amendments and additional increase in cost. So it's just, we're, we gotta do better. And I'm gonna make sure that we do. Thank you, Madam, um, Madam Co-Chair. Through the chair, uh, yes. um, I want to make sure to respond. Um, on the one hand, we are working closely with IT to make sure that we have a checklist so that we're as thorough as possible in the requirements gathering um, early on in the front end stages. Um, and on the other hand, it, because technology is so fast changing and um, evolving, it is important for us to be for the city to be able to buy in stages to reduce the risk. Um, and make sure that we have a working minimum viable product and then be able to expand from there. Um, so, you know, kind of balancing those two things um, is important. Madam, Madam yes. Co-Chair, it goes back to what I said again. Mm -hmm. Our systems are not changing. We know what we need as a city. We know the, the services that we provide. We know how we provide those services. All I'm saying is we have to do a better job on the front end to let's start thinking about saving the city some money. Right now, we're just not trying to save the city any money, in my estimation, because I'm approving these contracts, and some I'm not. But I'll say it again. We have to do a better job on the front end, maybe going through that checklist, knowing exactly what each department needs, because every department may not need the same thing, so the checklists are going to be different. But now we have two or three amendments here because we need additional upgrades to software. We're, we just spent $3 million on some software. We still gotta spend more so it can meet our needs. As a city, we should know what our needs are before we enter these contracts. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm making myself clear or not. Director Stoll? Through the chair, yes, uh, yes, but it's a, Yes, and both are both are very important. We are definitely working on good requirements gathering on the front end to make sure that we cover all bases. And at the same time, it is important to um, be able to be agile and flexible and adaptive mm -hmm. to the changing technologies and, 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 and what's available continues to change. Thank you, um, Director Stahl. Thank you, Madam Co-Chair. Right. Uh, so, um, Director Stahl, are you able to email all council members uh, just a list of the various uh, supplier events that you're doing, 
any workshops, email us a list. If you already have some plan out the next couple months, remainder mm -hmm. of the year, I'm not sure. But, but could you do that, those kinds of things, so that we will have that information so that we can encourage people to participate uh, as well? Yes, through the chair, we um, uh, do have our communications person working on um, a, a calendar of events that okay. uh, is really nice looking and can be sent out. Oh, fantastic then. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Is there a motion on line item 7.1? Motion to approve, Madam Chair. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.1 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Without objection, I'd like to combine line item 7.2 through 7.11. These are various lawsuit settlement requests in regards to DDOT, Detroit Department of Transportation incidents. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Any discussion? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.2 through 7.11 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.12, settlement and lawsuit of Chaban Zainab versus City of Detroit, Detroit Detention Center at all, case number 20 dash one two seven zero nine in the amount of seven thousand eight hundred fifty five dollars and eighty four cents and to draw a warrant upon the proper account in favor of her attorney council on american islamic relations michigan chapter in the amount of four thousand one hundred forty four dollars and fifteen cents is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.12 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Without objection, I'd like to combine line item 7.13 through 7.15. These are also various lawsuit settlement requests in DDOT incidents, the Detroit Department of Transportation, is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.13 through 7.15 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.16 Settlement in lawsuit of Orrin Goldenberg versus City of Detroit et al. Case number 22-11217. Police Department in the, oh, an incident regarding the police department in the amount of $40,000. In regards to an incident that occurred on June 2nd, 2020. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. 
Line item 7.16 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.17, submitting resolution authorization to support human rights, protective affordable housing to solve Detroit's eviction crisis. Council President Mary Sheffield requested that the Legislative Policy Division draft a resolution to support human rights protective affordable housing to solve Detroit's eviction crisis. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Um, discussion. Member Waters. Um, I don't think I saw the resolution, did you? The resolution is attached. It is? Okay. You see it, Member Calloway? Mr. King? Madam Chair, uh, yes, the resolution is attached. Okay. Are you able to just briefly share what the resolution states? Madam Chair, I did not draft this resolution, but it is attached, and um, if it's satisfactory, it can be moved for approval at this time. Thank you. Colleagues, do you have a copy of the resolution? Well, I am looking for it, Madam Chair. You have it. Is there a motion? You want to bring it back in a, in a, you know, towards the end? Just, I just want to get an opportunity to look at it. I'm sure I won't have a problem with it. I just want to see it. There's a motion to bring line item 7.17 to move line item 7.17 to the end of the agenda. Yes. Hear no objection, that action shall be taken. I found the resolution, I'll just have to read it. Yes, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Line item 7.18, a settlement request and lawsuit of Lockhart Douglas and Adam Santiago versus City of Detroit at all, case number 18-CV-13045 in the amount of $100,000. This is an incident with the Detroit Police Department. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion to discuss, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. It looks like there is a request for a one-week bring back and that the we're just waiting for some clarity from the law department. Um, Attorney Anderson? Yes, Madam Chair. There was, uh, through the chair, there was some inconsistencies in the, <coughs> excuse me, through the settlement amount. Um, uh, something that should be quickly and easily resolved. Just uh, if the council would give us a week, we should be able to have it uh, figured out. Thank you. Thank you. Is there a motion? Motion, uh, Madam Chair, to bring this matter back in a week. There's a motion to bring line item 7.18 back in one week. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.18 shall be brought back in one week. Without objection, I'd like to combine line item 7.19 through 
These are various lawsuit settlement requests regarding incidents with the Detroit Department of Transportation. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.19 through 7.21 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.22, submitting report relative to Board of Ethics vacancy to be filled by City Council. Is there a motion to receive and file? Motion. Uh, Madam Chair, I have a question. Discussion, Member Calloway? Um, thank you, Madam Chair. With respect to the Board of Ethics, is there anyone from the administration that can tell me how many members sit on that board and how are they appointed? Are they appointed by district? And if so, where's this vacancy? I do believe the director, Crystal, Phillip, Crystal Phillips, is here. Thank you. Director Phillips? Turn your mic will on. You, will you please make sure your microphone, the light is green? You just touch the bottom. Good morning, honorable um, council, city council members. Uh, my name is Crystal Phillips. I'm the executive director of the Board of Ethics. Um, thank you for bringing this up today. Um, I've met with all of you to discuss filling this vacancy that has been open for over 18 months now. Um, to answer Councilmember Callaway's question, we currently have five members on the board with one vacancy um, that should be filled through the City Council, and the other vacancy is a mayoral vacancy. So, Member Callaway? So you have two vacancies? That is correct. Okay, do you have a list of candidates? Um, yes, I have provided um, my suggestion. Um, one that you have before you is uh, Mr. Karan Pinkins. You, yeah. Madam Chair, you have that? I do. Okay, I, is that, I don't have that, I don't think. Um, Madam Chair, um, we don't have to make the appointment now, we're just, okay, we're just receiving the report. We are receiving the report, um, and what my office can do is just reach out to all of our colleagues to identify um, anyone that we'd like to uh, appoint to the Board of Ethics, and then we can certainly um, schedule the interviews so, so that we can select someone for the one vacancy that City Council uh, appoints. Yep. Thank you, Madam Chair. Director Phillips, I'm not sure that the question was answered as, a re as it relates to um, districts. And I believe they're not appointed by district, but just wanted to see Correct. if you would they, clarify. They are not that. appointed by districts. Uh, Madam Chair. Member, Member Waters, sir. It sounds like Director Phillips says she also put forth a name as well. Did she? It's yeah, the one yes, that she that indicated. is Mr. Karan Pinkins. Mm -hmm. um, he chaired the uh, Wayne County Board of Ethics um, for four years, um, and his term just ended in December. Okay, so that's an additional person we'll be looking at. 
That that is correct. So his resume and information and his bio has been provided. Mm -hmm. um, so he is certainly someone that we can take into consideration. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Is there a motion to receive and file line item 7.22? Motion, Madam Chair. Thank you. Hear no objection. That action shall be taken. Line item 7.22 shall be received and filed. Thank you, Director Thank you. Phillips. Line item 7.23, submitting resolution authorization, a request to accept and appropriate the fiscal year 2023 fair poll worker pay grant. New Venture Fund has awarded the City of Detroit Clerk's Office with the fiscal year 2023 fair poll worker pay grant for a total of $300,000. There is no city match required. The total project cost is $300,000. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to discuss. Member Calloway? Um, I'd just like to know how much do the polls, poll workers make? Mr. Washington? You know that? Thank you, Madam I would defer that to the clerk's office. Oh, Madam Clerk. <laughs> Madam Chair, there's no one on the line right now from the clerk office. I can have someone speak on that. If you want to either bring this back to the end of the agenda, I can reach out to our deputy clerk. No, I, I, that's just a basic question. If they can just, you know, um, I'll submit the question in writing. The clerk can answer it. But no, I don't want to hold this up. This is wonderful. It's a grant. It's not city funded. So that's great. Thank you. I will refer that information to the deputy clerk. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Look forward to your memorandum, Member Calloway. Is there a motion to approve line item 7.23? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.23 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.24, submitting report relative to community benefits ordinance by annual report through December 2022. The Civil Rights Inclusion and Opportunity Department has been given the responsibility of monitoring community benefits agreements. The Community Benefits Ordinance requires a biannual compliance report to be submitted to City Council and each Neighborhood Advisory Council associated with a Tier 1 project within the City of Detroit. The following report details compliance with each Community Benefits Provision Commitment. Is there a motion to receive and file or any discussion? Motion. I just have a quick question. Member Calloway? Um, yes, Madam Chair. Is there any way we can have um, someone from Creole, not today, but in a future date, can we, how do we put it on our calendar? Because I'd like for um, the department to go over this report. Um, and um, I'd like to know more about the Tier 1 project, Tier 1 project within the city of Detroit. So. I'd like to sure. see that on our calendar. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Washington. I'm not to interrupt, but we do have Tanika Griggs online if there are any questions you'd like to ask today. Yeah. Member Calloway? Yeah, thank you. Um, what is the Tier 1 project? If we can move over, Tanika Griggs. Tanika Griggs is online. I'm moving her over to panelists right now. Thank you.
Good morning, Ms. Griggs. When you are with us, or good afternoon. When you are with us, if you would please introduce yourself for the record. Good uh, afternoon, everyone. I am Tanika Griggs. I am the Director of Compliance for the Civil Rights Inclusion and Opportunity Department. Um, Anthony Zander, our director, is on the line as well. I don't know if you uh, all want to add him over. Yes, please. Can we move Director Zander over as well? Yes, promoting Anthony Zander over to panelists right now. Thank you. Good afternoon, Director Zander. Will you please introduce yourself for the record? Good, after <clears throat> Good afternoon. My name is Anthony Zander, Director of CREO. Thank you. Member Callaway? Yeah, I just wanted to know what are Tier 1 projects? So the Tier 1 projects, um, which you can find in um, Chapter 12, Article 8, the definition of a tier one project is the development of project that the city is expected to occur, the investment of 75 million or more during the construction or of facilities or begin or expanding operations or renovate structures where the developer of the project is negotiating support for investment, one or both of the following forms. Uh, transfer of the transfer to developer city owned parcels or provisions or approval by the city, uh, tax abatement or other tax breaks, uh, more than $1 million. So the definition that that is the definition that's in the um, actual ordinance okay and in layman terms so projects that that trigger so as long as, as projects that trigger the uh one million dollar uh, threshold for the for a transfer of land value and or tax abatements okay and um how are we doing with compliance because when i first joined the council there were some issues with contractors not being in compliance they'll pay a fine and they keep getting contracts with the city um I don't support that at all. Um, if you're not so, hiring, if you're not hiring Detroiter, you're not reaching that threshold of number, then they're just paying a fine and they keep getting contracts. So, um, how are we doing with compliance? So, through the chair, uh, Member Cabo, are we speaking on the the CBO or are we talking about the executive order to meet the fifty one percent? We're talking about both, I suppose. Um, no, I. I I believe today where um, we submitted the biannual CBO report. Okay. Um, and that has to do with the, for the particular um, projects, as far as the, um, them, uh, the commitments that the developer had with the various NACs for the different 11 projects that have, uh, were triggered by the ordinance. And how and are we doing? We, mm -hmm. And so with those, with the 11 projects that we have, that we are monitoring, um, all of them are on track. Uh, we have one that is um, on track with the compliance plan with the Great Lakes Environmental Agency, EGLE. Um, other than that, everybody has is on track with all their commitments. Which one is that um, project? The FCA, the development over there at the um, um, Connor and Mac area. And you, and said the other you said the other 10 are on track for being in compliance? Every, everybody's on track, including the FCA. So the FCA is in, in an agreement with the with EGLE currently um, to address some of the concerns that have been brought up by the NAC. Okay, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Zander. Thank you, Ms. Griggs. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry, Ms. Griggs, were you about to add something? No, I wasn't. Okay. Um, 
Director Zander, I just want to clarify. So on your report, your biannual report, it says off-track compliance plan submitted for one of the Tier 1 projects, which is FCA Stellantis. Mm. You just indicated that they were on track. With my apologies. Okay. My, my apologies. That should have been off track, but with a compliance plan. Okay. Um, yep. and, and you know, this is very near and dear to me because it is in District 4. Um, so what, how are we working with Stellantis? I understand that there is a supplemental environmental project that Stellantis are, is now has now supported and are moving forward with EGLE. Um, how does that satisfy CREO? If the, so one of the things about as far as individuals or rather developer or any um, kind of project that goes off track some, or if, a, if there is a, a deficiency in one of the obligations, uh, when it, you know, we don't go straight to necessarily a hard reprimand we are always looking forward to get them into uh, a compliant state. And so with this particular issue with the FCA, as you know, this falls more along in the, um, the authority of EGLE. And so FCA and EGLE have been working together to get to come to an agreement on what that looks like progressively to move forward so that they will be uh, meet all compliant obligations. I, I appreciate that, but we still have them listed as being off track, even though they um, are working through the process of the consent agreement with Eagle. Mm -hmm. What what is it that what would it take for Creo to act um, in order for them to be on track? Will they be on track once they complete the work within the consent agreement? As long as they are working towards their agreement, everything that's listed in the consent agreement, we would consider them. Um, they, them um, adhering to the, their obligation with the consent. Um, if at some point they deviate from the consent or decide that um, for whatever reason they make a, a decision that we are not comfortable with, we can take a reevaluate the situation with them and the CBO and um, the CBA and make a determination if we if we want to uh, move them into a different category, essentially off track with no commitment uh, moving forward, with no type of compliance plan. And so we we recognize that the consent agreement is in place, um, mm -hmm. but we've also seen that EGLE continues to provide odor violations to Stellantis, um, mm -hmm. recognizing that within the consent agreement, there is the second oxidizer that Stellantis is to put in place to mm -hmm. hopefully address the odors that are coming from the plant, um, but between now and the time that that second oxidizer is installed, Eagle continues to provide violations to Stellantis. What will it take for Creo to act during this time prior to the oxidizer actually being put in place to address the odors and the violations that are penetrating the community. How do we improve air quality for the residents around this plant, recognizing everything that has been provided to FCA in order for the plant to be open in the first place? So first, if the 
if we if they are working towards installing the um, second um, oxidizer by their due date, I think believe it's um, June of this year. Uh, we we are comfortable with that. That is the agreement that they have signed on to. That the agreement that Eagle had put forward. Um, but as far as the what can we do in the meantime, as if they are steady being uh, let's say penalized or being provided violation notices that are outside of what is inside the consent agreement, we would address those separately. They are not ex the if if Eagle decides to provide or do. Um, give another violation notice outside of that consent agreement or the things inside the consent agreement, we would address those separately and move forward as we would with anything else. There, the consent agreement has um, has stipulations are very specific on the things that it covers. Um, outside of that, we, we just won't, we won't necessarily bundle everything into the consent agreement. If that makes, sure. does that answer your question, Chair? Sure. Um, but what, I, what I'm seeing is the city of Detroit provided so many benefits to FCA for this plant to be brought into the city. Mm -hmm. And we're relying on Eagle or allowing Eagle to take the lead in addressing odor violations. Um, this is something that my office will be working on so that we make sure it's that the city of Detroit can also provide um, some support in addressing the public, the public's um, health uh, mm -hmm. and air uh, moving forward. But it it sounds like city of Detroit residents, um, the city of Detroit itself, has been a tremendous benefit to FCA Stellantis, mm -hmm. and now Eagle gets to take the lead on how to move this forward, even though we have violations um, with Stellantis. So. So it's, I also want to know, Chair, please, if I may, that it's not just so much that we're allowing Eagle to just take control. Uh, we are always working with various entities to ensure and uh, to, um, I would say, how do we mitigate the effects uh, surrounding the area? Uh, we work with Eagle. We work with EPA. We work with different environmental justice um, teams, um, uh, agencies um, from the from the state level. Um, this isn't so much that we're just kind of sitting on the sideline per se, and then allowing Eagle to kind of you know lead the way. We are always in communication with um, with trying to communicate with the developer, with Eagle, with the NAC, with the state of Michigan, with the federal agencies. This isn't a you know, just a a, once, a, a a situation where um, the city of Detroit is sitting on the sideline, you know, understanding that the benefits that, you know, the Eagle SEA has received from the city of Detroit, and we are not doing it at the cost or the detriment to the um, surrounding neighborhood. Uh, we are actively engaging and trying to find ways to improve upon, you know, and, and, and address the concerns of the neighbors um, in, that, in the impacted area. Well, I, I would love to be a part of those conversations because um, the information that I receive back to residents is as though they feel like they've been left out uh, and not really taken into consideration even with the consent agreement. Um, mm -hmm. And so I just I want to make sure that we're monitoring their progress, keeping in mind that 
the plant has been open for well over a year. Uh, and we have still another likely six months before the second oxidizer is put in place, and we're hoping that the second oxidizer addresses the issues, and God forbid that they don't, because I really don't want to continue having this conversation, um, but I think it's important to report back to the community what we as the city is doing because we have been such a benefit to Stellantis. We've talked about and heard about the number of jobs that were provided for Detroit residents, but I never think that we want to bring any industry into the city of Detroit to the detriment of its residents um, and have the balance be an offerance of jobs to residents in the city. Uh, and so I just look forward to continue having this conversation with you all and making mm -hmm. sure that we do everything that we possibly can to address the health impacts to the residents who abut uh, this plant, recognizing that they have two FCA Stellantis plants very close to their properties. So um, as, as we continue to monitor their progress, I want to make sure that we stay very closely in tune and in touch with one another because I do believe that Stellantis still owes something to the residents in this community and we have to require that they do more. Yes, ma'am. Thank you all. Uh, Member Calloway. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Being very mindful and aware that this, not, this is not um, in my district, but it still affects uh, the lives of people across this city, which I'm very concerned about. This has been going on for a very long time. I've been um, reading um, um, articles, um, and um, so I'm very familiar with it. Um, and what kind of violation notices? Are the notices being ignored? Are they making any steps toward um, becoming you know, compliant? Because the people are still complaining. They're still being impacted. We don't know what type of um, impact it's going to have on their health in the future. Um, and um, are there any uh, monetary fines attached to these notices? Because when you hit people in their pocket, they kind of straighten up and they kind of, you know, um, they, they, they change their tune. They're more apt to, to be in compliance. So are there any monetary fines attached to these violation notices? And have they provided any air purifiers of any kind of quality to those residents who live around that plant who continue to complain and go before the media? They're crying out for help. And I think that's a three-part question. Yes, through the chair, um, if I may. Yes, so there. So with the consent um, decree uh, order that they have signed on to, there is a monetary fine associated with it. Um, so, uh, so here's a monetary fine associated with it. The other violations that Eagle may impose on FCA are addressed by FCA. They have um, a time frame for which they have to address the, the concerns or the violations from Eagle, in addition to their corrective actions. Um, and then with the uh, community, the community themselves, we continue to uh, speak with the community. We, we speak with the net um, as often as we can. Um, as you know, they request meetings, we request meetings. We try to gather the appropriate teams together so that everybody can listen, whether it be the NAC with Eagle or Eagle and, and, and our team or the EPA and Eagle. So there is just a continuous effort to try to get all the appropriate persons in the room to have discussion to, so that we can address the concerns of the community. This isn't, so while Eagle um, and FCA are negotiating their, their consent decree or addressing the violations, there are other things going on simultaneously um, to um, speak to the concerns of the neighbors and the NAC. 
And and while Director Xander is accurate that Stellantis has been fined, please know that the fine goes to the state of Michigan and not to the city of Detroit. Member Calloway. Um, yes, um, I remember going up to Flint delivering water when they were having, probably still having uh, um, somewhat of a water crisis because of the lead in the water um, affecting people's health. All we have is our health, which leads to a quality of life. And we're subjecting a group of people, residents in this city, to pollution, toxic pollution. What are we doing to address that? Are we providing air purifiers? What are we helping them seal off their windows? Are we pro providing any type of insulation that could probably be a buffer between what they are being subjected to in terms of the quality of the air surrounding their environment? That's my question. So Thank you, through the chair. So through the chair, yes, we are, uh, as I mentioned, we're working with the developers. We're working with the agencies responsible for um, EGLE. Uh, we are trying to address all of their concerns. Uh, we recognize some of the, the um, intermediate or uh, intermediate um, things that we can do to address, whether it be air purifiers, whether it be what, you know, as you mentioned, are we doing something to seal off windows? How do we how do we put a barrier between uh, what the the residents and the events that are um, occurring over at FCA? We are constantly talking about and trying to figure out what can we do. Um, as I mentioned, it's a, it's an ongoing conversation, um, and we won't stop until these um, issues have been resolved that the uh, SCA has done everything that they are obligated to do, that the quality of the life of the residents around the area are, are not impacted. Director Xander, before I go um, back to Member Calloway, can you or Ms. Griggs identify the date of the very first odor violation that FCA received? In the meantime, um, as you pull up that information, Member Calloway. Yes, um, Member Chair, I, I would like to move that we use ARPA dollars. This is a public health emergency. These residents are in front of this media and in front of this body. And I know they're in front of their council member. And I know for a fact they're in front of um, member at large waters. They've written letters. They've sent emails to all of us. This is a public health emergency, Mr. Zander and Ms. Griggs. I am recommending, I'm moving that we find that we use ARPA dollars to get air purifiers and insulate these windows that could be a buffer that could prevent some of these odors going into the people's homes. At least we can do that. I don't know what we can do when they leave their homes, but certainly when they're in there, they can have a quality of life inside of their homes. So remember, um, I don't know if we need to talk to the administration, but I'd like to uh, make a motion that we use ARPA dollars in an emergency type fashion, because this is a public health emergency and get some air purifiers and insulate some windows of those who are directly impacted by these toxic odors coming from this plant. And I'd like to see that done right away, post haste. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Chair, I guess that through you, I guess that would be to Mr. Washington. I don't wanna leave here today not knowing how we're going to address this issue. They, they, they keep coming before us, they keep sending emails, they've, they've reached out to you. We have ARPA dollars. We've not spent them all. 
Uh, thank you, Member Calloway. I believe that is something that the health department should address. Uh, but, Mr. Washington? Um, yes, Madam Chair. I would need to take that back um, to our team, but we will definitely uh, adhere to that request and follow up with your office. Um, Madam Chair, for the record, thank you. Um, I'm respectfully requesting that the administration set aside a portion of dollars from ARPA to address this public health emergency immediately, post-haste. Air purifiers, window insulation, whatever else, I'm not an expert, immediately. This is an urgent matter, Madam Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Member Callaway. And if I can just add, Mr. Washington, as you take that information back, I'm respectfully asking that we not receive information that comes back to us in regards to grant funding that was provided because that did not touch every household in this community. So whatever we can do to make sure that every household um, has some way to clean the air um, in their homes to protect them from the elements coming from Stellantis, that would be greatly appreciated. Director Zander, I'm not sure if you all have a response to my question. Yes, um, the first violation was September 2021. Okay, and, and I just want to bring light to how long we've been working with Stellantis to uh, get them to address these odor violations in the city of Detroit and I want to know how long we will continue to have the conversation before we actually require something of them, recognizing that when the city provided support to Stellantis in order for them to open up this plant, the city moved expeditiously. I do know that it was prior to me coming into office, but the city moved expeditiously and, and now we're giving Stellantis the ability to draw this out and not respond to the odor violations coming from their operation. Member Calloway. Yeah. Um, Madam Chair, how many households are being impacted? We're not going to keep talking about this. We want action and we want action today. We know how much our dollars we have. I know for a fact that this situation qualifies for one of those buckets, one of those seven buckets we've been talking about. We're going to fit this emergency into one of those seven buckets, Mr. Zander, and the health department and uh, Mr. Mayor and Mr. Washington. This is a matter of life or death. We've been talking, the first violation was issued according to your records, Ms. Griggs, September 2021. It's 2023. How long would you want to live in an environment like this? Not long. Member, Member Johnson just says, how long? Too long. This is unacceptable. So I want to know today, if at all possible, ARPA dollars being used to insulate those homes, and I still need the number, that are being directly impacted by these toxins. We're, we, we're, making, we're subjecting them to poison in the air. It's going to affect their health later on. 
Are they going to pay for uh, medical bills, hospitalization? We have children in that environment. How are they, how are they uh, performing in school? We don't even know what type of impact is happening on their ability to learn and to concentrate. So I want, I want to have ARPA dollars set aside immediately for air purifiers and whatever else the residents need and how many residents are being directly impacted by these fumes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Um, Member Callaway, I appreciate uh, your support here. I would like to say to the administration, I'd like Stellantis to pay for air purification. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like Stellantis to step up and be responsible and say to the community that we actually care about you. You've allowed us to come into your community to bring two facilities to your community. And instead of being a detriment to you as neighbors, we want to provide some support to you to ensure that we're doing everything that we can to not um, have a negative impact on your health and on your life. So uh, I, I would love, Mr. Washington, if, if you know, you can speak with the mayor, um, with Nicole Sherrard Freeman, with the JET team, um, anyone who's been working on this project and with Director Xander, and that we all come up with a solution on how to respond to the community in a way that is positive, in a way that really turns around to the community to say, you know what, we, we care about you, and this has been going on for entirely too long, and we have to correct what has happened to the residents in this neighborhood. Thank you. Member Callaway. Madam Chair, um, respectfully, um, I don't believe Stellantis is going to buy any air purifiers. We have the money right here in our own coffers. Um, maybe we'll build them, B-I-L-L. Maybe we'll build them, send them a receipt, but I'm asking this administration through ARPA dollars, there are, those ARPA dollars belong to the people. We, we have access to that money right now. If we ask the Stellantis to do anything, they haven't been a good neighbor yet. I, don't, I think we can't even expect for them to give us um, purchase air purifiers. They haven't thus far, but we know for a fact that it is our responsibility, not Stellantis, to take care of our residents. We have the money to take care of them. We want ARPA dollars. That's my request. So now we have two requests. Stellantis, we'll wait on them. But ARPA dollars can be immediately used to buy air purifiers and any other insulation for these windows, for the homes that are being directly impacted by these fumes that I certainly wouldn't want to live around. And we're asking, going into, it looks like a third year, because the first violation came on came in September 2021. Now we're in 2023. It's unacceptable. So I think we've done enough talking. I haven't. Stellantis, Stellantis <laughs> can do, they're going to do it's what they're going to continue to do. Pollute our air. Because they don't give a damn about those people over there. But we do. I am asking, and I hope the mayor is listening, we want ARPA dollars to buy air purifiers for those families who are directly impacted by those toxic fumes that they have been subjected to, the first violation or the first notice that we got was September 2021. How long? 
It's been too long. That is my request. It's on the table. I'll have my staff put it in writing. But for the record, ARPA dollars should be immediately used post-haste to address this issue. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Mr. Washington, I just want to make sure you have both of our requests. Yes, yes Madam Chair, I do. Thank you. Member Waters. Well, it's about time. <laughs> I've had my hand up forever and a day. Sorry. But anyway. <laughs> Girl can't get no, a word in around here. Anyway. <laughs> well, of course, uh, my colleagues have addressed many of the things that I was going to say, Director Zander. Um, but I do want to know, how much is a fine each time uh, when it comes to um, Stellantis? How much is that fine that goes to the state? So with the current consent, the fine being paid to the state is $136,832. And so the, what does the state do with the money? That I cannot well, speak Well, we to. need it back here. Mm. The people mover. <laughs> I'm sorry, the queue line. <laughs> I, I, oh, my God. So, uh, and how many times have they been fined thus far? The total number of fines, um, I would have to go back through the reports. And have, they, have they paid them or they're just ignoring them? No, I don't think that's an option for them to ignore. Okay. Um, we can find out the status of their payments. Yeah, I kind of like to know. What, what okay. that status is, uh, that's number one. Um, there was a, a gentleman that came to a session on Tuesday, and he said that, um, you know, why don't, you know, you guys just buy out those people in, in, in on that street, you know, over there who are really, really impacted by, by that odor. Um, I do ask that we look at all of the options uh, when it comes to ensuring that the residents uh, are safe that their health is, is not gravely impacted because, I mean, it, it's just, um, it's been happening and we, we have to, we hear it every single week. And, um, and when I saw you and I thought once we went down this road to have this discussion, um, which is something that I've been trying to do um, offline as it relates to this new development that's going to be coming up over on Plymouth Road with AMC. Now, we have some people there, and I want us to be proactive there mm -hmm. um, and make sure that um, we install some purifiers in the homes even before the construction starts. I'd like to see that happen because if not, we're going to have the same issues that we're having right, right now. So um, I, I'm with Member Johnson. If, if we can force the Lancers to pay for these things, I mean, they should be paying, you know, um, and, but if they don't pay, it is still our responsibility as a city to protect the health, safety, and welfare of the people. But, but let's start with them, but let's not drag it out a long time trying to get them to pay. And I think we should also put, um, send a letter to the state and let them know what's happening over there because maybe they can find a way to send some of those dollars back and put those uh, filters and, and do the windows and so forth um, in the city. I believe, I believe that, that some of those dollars could be used for that. Does that make sense, Mr. Um, Director Zander? Yes, Member Waters. All right, so we're gonna be proactive. 
Of course. <laughs> okay. Well, you know I'll be calling you. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Madam Chair. Thank you. All right. I think um, everyone knows where we stand uh, with this particular um, benefits community benefits agreement and the report that you all have shared. I want to go ahead and close this out. Yeah. If we can. Um, Member Calloway, if you can be brief. Yeah, I, I will be brief. Uh, but this is a very serious matter. Um, it's been going on for quite a while. Um, I'd like to have what Mr. Zander said he's agreeing to put in writing, um, if it could be sent to our offices, um, because as you indicated earlier, it's been going on too long. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, and as we close this out, I just want to make sure that we are factual in everything that we say. Uh, Director Zander, I know you share the amount of the fine uh, that Stellantis I don't necessarily know that the, that was a fine, but that was a part of the supplemental environmental project that Stellantis has agreed to pay to the state of Michigan. I am curious to know, and if you can um, provide this information or we can perhaps look it up ourselves to identify how much the individual violations have cost mm -hmm. Stellantis, because I believe that's a separate number. Um, so if you can provide that, that would be appreciated. Uh, is there a motion to receive and file line item 7.24? Motion. <laughs> Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.24 shall be received and filed. Thank you all so much for your time, attention, and um, your continued support of the community as we move forward with these community benefits agreements. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Biden. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to line item 7.25, submitting resolution authorization for the establishment of the Renters Protection Task Force. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Um, discussion. Member Waters. Uh, thank you. This, uh, Madam Chair, um, I'm going to request that we remove this. This is going to be um, an ordinance in the future, just so you know instead of a resolution, so thank you. Thank you. There's a motion to remove line item 7.25 from the agenda. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.25 shall be removed. Moving on to line item 7.26, submitting report related to Robert Carmack allegations against the mayor. Is there a motion to receive and file? Motion. There's a motion to receive and file line item 7.26. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.27, Council President Pro Tem James Tate submitting memorandum relative to reparations task force nomination of attorney Allen Venerable. Is there a motion to bring line item 7.27 back in two weeks? Motion. There's a motion to bring line item 7.27 back in two weeks. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.28. 
Council President Pro Tem James Tate submitting memorandum relative to reparations task force nomination of Ms. Lisa Thomas. Is there a motion to bring line item 7.28 back in two weeks? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.28 shall be brought back in two weeks. Line item 7.29, Council Member Mary Waters submitting memorandum relative to resolution to continue the literacy task force. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. There's a motion to approve. Line item 7.29, hearing no objection. That action shall be taken. Line, line item 7.29 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.30, Councilmember Mary Waters submitting memorandum relative to recreation of the Minority Business Task Force. Is there a motion to discuss? Okay, discussion. <laughs> Thank you, Member Waters. I am wondering why um, this is being recreated. Why well, it's supposed to be to continue. This is the task force that Which was created last week. I mean, last year, yes. <laughs> correct? I, I'm not sure why it says recreation, but it's, it should just say to continue, which means that all three of us are will continue to be chairs. Mr. King, if you can, is it even necessary to put forth a memo um, to continue the task force that's already, that was created last year? Yeah, you have to do that. Madam Chair, yes, I think that is proper. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think this is the proper language to recreate. So what do we do at this point with it? We just change the word to continue? Yes, that's just a scrivener there. Okay. So it's to continue. I recommend I that we With the make a motion to continue. That is that good? The, there's a motion, Madam, Madam Chair. <laughs> Madam Clerk. Yes, the actual resolution that was submitted through Member Waters was a res uh, the resolution was establishing minority business task force so it was submitted without stating recreation of just so you know for the record i'm not sure where the recreation came from but the actual resolution itself does not read that way thank you it reads establishing the minority business task force thank you mr king thank you it should say continue thank you so I believe Member Waters made a motion to approve of line item 7.30 with the corrected language to read to continue the Minority Business Task Force. Yes. That's Clerk will so note that change. Thank you. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.30 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve as amended. Moving on to line item 7.31, Council Member Mary Waters submitting memorandum relative to resolution reauthorizing the Senior Citizen Task Force. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Discussion. Member Waters? Ma Madam, uh, Madam Chair, we should just remove this 
this item. We did remove it uh, on form or yesterday. It wasn't supposed to be referred here. Thank you. There's a motion to remove line item 7.31 from the agenda. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.31 shall be removed. We are now going to go back to line item 7.17, mm -hmm. which is the submitting resolution authorization to support human rights protective affordable housing to solve Detroit's eviction crisis. Mm -hmm. Motion to approve. There is a motion to approve line item 7.17. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.17 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. And I believe that brings us to member reports. Madam Chair. Mr. King, I saw his hand. Madam Chair, prior to your member reports, I would like you to allow me to introduce the newest addition to the LPD staff. Mr. Attorney Philip Keller will be joining us, and he, he shadowed me today because this is the best committee we have. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Flattery gets you everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining us. Attorney Keller? Yes, that's correct. Excellent. Well, hopefully uh, you'll, you'll always see an eventful uh, <laughs> committee here. So thank you for joining us, and we look forward to uh, having you join us in the future. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Member Calloway? Yes. Um, welcome, um, Attorney Keller, and this committee asked the tough questions. Um, I do have a, uh, through the chair, to Mr. King, um, I'd like my request for ARPA dollars to be used for those air pur purifiers. Does that need to come in the form of a resolution? Or how, how, how do I get some traction with my request? Madam, uh, Member Calloway, I would do a memorandum to the departments at the, on the side of the administration. Thank you, Mr. King. Uh, thank you all. I am just being reminded that we do have a walk-on. I'm not sure if my colleagues have received it. It is a request for legal representation and indemnification of police officer Lamar Williams. To the law department, was this information provided to the committee members? Uh, I believe that's the only copy through the chair. This is, it was um, a case that we postponed last year. It is a request for legal representation and indemnification of resigned Detroit police officer Lamar Williams in the lawsuit of Bernice O'Brien versus City of Detroit. And I'm thinking my colleagues are going to need some time. <laughs> um. So I was just reminded that we held a closed session for this particular request for legal representation and indemnification. 
and the recommended um, there was a recommendation to deny legal representation and indemnification. So, Madam Chair, Member um, Calloway. Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. We can can we move this um, um, to formal session with a recommendation to deny legal representation? I believe first we have to uh, uh, make a motion to walk this item on okay. to the agenda. So moved. Thank you. There's a motion to walk on the request for legal representation and indemnification of resigned police officer Lamar Williams. Hearing no objection, uh, that action shall be taken. Uh, and now is there a motion for the request for legal representation and indemnification of police officer Lamar Williams? Um, Madam Chair, are we moving it to formal session with the recommendation to, to deny that representation? Is that was the suggestion. So move, Madam Chair. Thank you. There is a motion to send the request for legal representation and indemnification of police officer Lamar Williams to formal with a recommendation to deny. Hearing no objection that action shall be taken. Madam Chair. Madam Clerk. Yes, could someone please provide the clerk office with a copy of that item so that we could place it on the agenda properly. Thank a you. Absolutely. Thank you. We are now moving to member reports. Vice Chair Waters. No report, Madam Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Member Calloway? Yes, quickly inviting everyone out to the Winter Fest this Saturday, um, January 14th. It starts at 12, ends at 4 p.m. at the Adams Butzel Complex at 10500 Linden. It's fun for all family of all ages. Thank you very much, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. I have no report. Just want to say thank you all so much for your patience on our first um, our first session back from recess. We appreciate you all and appreciate your support. If there is nothing else to come before this body, we shall stand adjourned.